This Seattle Medium podcast is sponsored by the Port of Seattle. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity and Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. The Seattle Department of Transportation has implemented bus lanes on Rainier Avenue, and now they're looking to make some infrastructure modifications to the lanes in order to deter non-bus vehicles from using and speeding in the bus lanes. Good morning. Talk about this issue is Christine Alar. Good morning, Christine. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Oh, it's good to have you on. Um, Christine, these bus-only lanes are supposed to keep people moving through South Seattle, but there are those who may not believe this to be the case. Um, first of all, can you explain the benefits of the bus-only lanes to our listening audience this morning? Sure. Uh, Bus-only lanes are really designed to carry the maximum number of passengers on the bus, you know, through congested areas efficiently and reliably. When you have um, corridors that are congested with traffic, you know, the biggest thing that we want to do is be able to offer people an option to get through, you know, in times of congestion. And that's where um, bus priority measures come in. So you've got, you know, bus lanes or transit signal priority or queue jumps where um, the signal will turn uh, green for a bus and let it through earlier. So that's where uh, bus lanes come in. It's sort of like the top-level uh, transit amenity to keep people moving. And the Route 7 carries a lot of people. We have a, It's always been a very high ridership route, and uh, you know a lot of essential workers riding on Route 7. And so this was an area that we, you know, for many, many years have identified as needing some some high-level bus priority in the corridor. Right. And you talked about, um, like, how these bus lanes add some efficiencies, um, you know, to the traffic flow. Uh, you know, and it seems a little odd to people that, you know, if you take away a lane and make it for a bus-only lane, um, that that would be the case. You know, how does that relate to the actual number of cars that are um, able to come up and down the um, street as well. Yeah, that is a, that is a good point, and it's it's a tough uh, analysis of the street, and that's part of the job that we do. You know, we have a whole um, traffic operations division at SDOT, and we have cameras, you know, that monitor traffic flow. And what we find, you know, is if we have places of congestion, you know, you really can't you can't add other lanes, and so what we need to do is give people options for getting through. You know situations like that, and different different ways to use the street and to serve all all people using the roadway. And so uh, that's where that's where bus lanes come in to to just allow buses to to get through. And I know that it does have an adverse effect on the traffic flow of cars, but it can carry a larger number of people. And so we're looking at 
people throughput, you know, not just car throughput, you know, how many people we can get through a corridor at a time. And it does mean, you know, shifting um, like a mode shift from, you know, cars to buses in order for, you know, it to work for the most number of people. But as it becomes a more efficient and reliable option, it becomes more appealing to folks, you know, to maybe maybe not drive and maybe choose to use the bus. And so that's, um, you know, that's, that's the design aspect of, of roadway use that is, you know, it's kind of a, it's a tough transition for folks, but um, I think it's really, it's sort of a necessary shift in, um, in how we use the roadway and how we prioritize, you know, for, for safety and um, moving, you know, people through, through corridors. Right. And um, who can use the bus only lanes? Um, and are they, um, bus only lanes, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Yeah, these on Rainier will be 24/7, and um, you know, bicycles can use them, um, but they're really uh, designated for public transportation vehicles only, and so you know, not not work shuttles, um, not carpools. It's just public transportation vehicles. So that's you know, any of the the um, buses that run through the area. Um, you know, for this one, it's really Route 7. Right. Although I, I will say that, that cars can use it, you know, to get into that lane to make a right turn into a business or at an intersection. You know, you're definitely allowed to use it. Also, um, emergency vehicles are always allowed to use it, you know, to, you know, to get to and from. It's actually pretty great for emergency response because they can get, you know, to places pretty quickly in the bus lane. Right. And uh, let's shift a little bit and talk a little bit about safety and efficiency. You know, yeah. What are uh, you all? What is SDOT or the city of doing uh, about some of the current safety concerns, such as speeding and misuse of the bus lanes on Rainier Avenue? Yeah, that was um, you know back in 2022 when we really did a lot of outreach for this project. We heard a lot of concerns from folks in the neighborhood. We had a fantastic group of community liaisons that were in the, you know, community members that, you know, went to the grocery store and went to the, the uh, Little League games and everything in the, in the neighborhood and got to hear from folks, you know, where they were at. And, and a big concern was safety. You know, that was a, that was a, a you know, recurring theme that we heard. And, um, you know, there's been some, some collisions and there's been some, you know, fatalities in the corridor. And that's a, that's a top priority for Escott. And so looking at the design of the bus lanes, we uh, convened a group of engineers from Escott and from King County Metro and looked at some of the options that, you know, we had in our toolbox and, you know, you know other jurisdictions around the country. Like, what are they doing for, um, you know, prohibiting people from misusing the bus lane? And um, we sort of developed, um, you know, a, a sort of sliding scale. So first it's, you know, putting in the bus lanes with just the normal paint. And then, you know, if we find, um, like we did in um, parts of Rainier, you know, that people are misusing it. So we started the first phase down on Rainier Avenue South at Alaska, and we're doing a pilot program testing out um, raised pavement markers, which are just, you know, the, like, reflective turtles, and then additional signage and additional paint. And so when folks do, you know, use the bus lane, they'll find, you know, like it's a reflective um you know, reminder that's not someplace that they should be, but then also sort of tactile. When they drive over, it's like a rumble strip, you know, sort of reminding them like, oh, wait, I, am I supposed to be here? Um, and, you know, it's not it's not always just 
for uh, keeping the bus lane clear, you know, there's there's safety reasons for it as well. You know, there's been um, some collisions where uh, people are, you know, making a left turn and um, because, of, you know, they'll, there'll be a car driving in the bus lane that, you know, they won't see. And, you know, they, they've turned left in front of a vehicle or get hit or something like that. So it's really, we're really trying to, to keep people out of there to keep, you know, to keep it safe, to keep, um, you know, it available for folks and, and, um, and really be mindful of, um, you know, pedestrians using the crosswalks because, again, it's like a, a sightline issue um, with the bus lane that we want to make sure that, that people feel like they can, they can use all modes on the corridor. Right. And I wanted to go back to the raised street markings um, and had wondered, you know, you know, why were the raised street markings and additional signage not installed initially with this project? Yeah, it's really actually this is just a new approach. It hasn't been um, something that we've used before. So we're really, um, you know, because uh, safety was such a concern, we decided that, you know, like this would be the the treatment that we'd start out in in Rainier and we'll definitely be um, implementing it like in a phased approach in other places you know like right now we're just piloting uh, this program and so uh, we're monitoring it and um, you know testing the speeds and it looks it's looking actually pretty positive at this point um, for reducing the speeds in the in that area but this will be a few more months of analysis um, it's not um, and like I say it's something new so this is just like a you know, a first phase, we also have, you know, a next level of additional um, paint and raised markings. And then um, ultimately we could, you know, go to the point of like uh, speed cushions in the corridor, you know, just slowing people down. Because, you know, when you have, you know, a speed limit of 25 and you have, you know, people going 40, you know, that's not, you know, the, the roadway isn't designed for that. And also, you know, it's a, it's a big pedestrian corridor. There's lots of, of crossings and, um you know, so we're just we're taking a phased approach with this. You know, rather than going you know to the extreme, we want to we want to adjust as in in increments to you know to adjust to how people are using and, and give people a chance to respond. You know, before we just go to you know third level, which would be you know likely uh, speed cushions. We're yeah. not there yet. Um, so speed humps. Yeah. Can you talk about those speed cushions a little bit to our listening audience? What are uh, the speed um, cushions, and then also. You know, you talked about the speed limit being 25 miles per hour. I'm not sure that most people are aware that the speed limit, um, I guess, in this on Rainier Avenue um, that through this corridor is, is a 25 miles per hour. So can you speak to those two things as well? Sure. Yeah, we had um, there was a, a citywide movement, you know, part of the um, Vision Zero campaign. Um, you know, we really are, are just just making efforts to reduce the number of traffic fatalities. And, you know, what, you know, what you find is, you know, that the higher the speed limit, obviously the, the less likely that um, a pedestrian involved in a collision with a car is going to survive. And so one of the things that city did, um, you know, across the city was reduce the speed limit. And so um, a lot of the corridors had a reduction in speeds and um, Rainier Avenue, I think it's been historically a place where people just, you know, just kind of drive fast. But it's not, you know, it's a very vibrant corridor. There's lots of businesses, you know, there's there's driveways everywhere. There's access to all sorts of, you know, different, um, you know, uh, different types of stores and storefronts. And so it's not a place that we, we want people speeding through. And, um, and so there was a, a speed reduction there several years ago. And, um, and looking at, you know, trying to, to keep that, 
you know, where it's at, you know, we've, we've uh, posted up additional um, speed limit signs and part of this, um, part of this process, you know, putting in the raised pavement markers, um, you know, was additional signage for bus lane, but then uh, next one may be um, additional signage for speed limit. And you were, um, you mentioned the, the speed cushions. Those are, I think, what, what normally called like um, speed bumps. Um, you know, they're just, you know, like the, the bumps in the roadway, but they're spaced in a way where a bus, you know, because the, the wheelbase of a bus is wider than a normal car. And so a bus can get through it, um, but uh, a car usually generally has to slow down and go over it. And they're not as high as like, a you know, a speed speed bump you'd see in like a parking lot or something like that. It's it's definitely enough to, to slow you down, um, but it doesn't disrupt, you know, the flow of traffic. Mm. And that's the, the, the phase three of it, the, um, the elevated, the raised street markings uh, are not working. With that being said, you know, how are you guys going to be, how are you, will determine um, what sort of benchmarks are going to be used uh, to know whether or not the raised markings are working? Sure, yeah. So right now we have um, down at, um, on Rainier at Alaska, they've um, done some, some physical monitoring of like, you know, uh, people who are using, you know, how many people are using the bus lane you know, like violating the bus lane. And then also we have tubes out there, uh, traffic tubes that are counting, you know, traffic as to count the traffic volume, but they also measure um, speed. And so looking at, you know, how fast people are going through the corridor. And um, like I said, this has been uh, going on for about a month. They've been um, doing this uh, study and evaluation and we'll keep keep it going for a while because, you know, there's always changes, you know, with holidays and things like that. So you want to get a a good cross-section. So we're, we're measuring the speeds right now um, to see, and it's looking actually pretty positive. Um, we're looking at some, some speed redu- reductions in that area. So that's, um, that's encouraging at this point, but we'll continue on. We also have um, uh, traffic cameras that we can set up just for uh, gathering speed information. This wouldn't be for, um, for, um, you know, um, giving um, violation tickets or anything like that. It would just be monitoring speeds. Um, there's no there's no data collected with that as far as like um, you know like you know try, you know identifying features of a car or anything. It's just purely taking the speed data. So that would be um, the next step. Right. And are, are you guys also taking into consideration um, the um, usage of alternate routes for people getting through the south end of Seattle as part of your information as well? Because there might be. Some people will be like, okay, that's just too much. I'm not using Rainier, but now I've got to find some other route um, because I know a lot of people, you know, had already stopped um, using uh, MLK and had shifted mm-hmm. over to Rainier. And now you've got these restrictions on Rainier where people might also look start looking for some alternate routes as well. So, as well. so are you guys taking that holistic approach to everything going on in, in South Seattle as it relates to these bus-only lanes or uh, as most of your – analysis just concentrating solely on the traffic flows uh, up and down Rainier? No, that's actually a really good point. We do have um, uh, analysis in the um, alternative routes and into the neighborhood streets and stuff like where like people are likely to go. So for about, um, you know, three blocks on either side, four blocks to see, you know, different routes and like monitoring um, how traffic changes. And you can see that by, um, looking at like turn uh like when people turn off of rainier like wow this is you know the volume of traffic that turned off of rainier this intersection increased quite a bit 
which is a big indicator that people are choosing alternative routes. And so that we follow that and see where people are going. And then, and then we evaluate that path and see like, was that, you know, is that become dangerous? Is that become, you know, are they increasing speeds or, you know, volume pretty high right now? It's looking like it's okay that the, um, the traffic that has dispersed has not been um, beyond like what the capacity of a street should hold. Cause you have, uh, each size street has like a, um, you know, a sort of ideal volume that it can hold. Um, you know, once they get over that, then you get congestion. But anything under that should flow pretty well. Um, and so that the neighboring streets and stuff, we do monitor those as well. That's part of the whole, like you say, holistic view of the area and, and uh, traffic movements through the whole area. Mm. All right. And, you know, as we're talking about this issue, I know there's a lot of people who are, you know, they're looking at right what's going on right now, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as it relates to the the bus only lanes and uh, you know people utilizing the lanes and speeding, uh, that sort of thing. Um, but you know, this I think it's probably important to add to the conversation that the things that are being implemented now by uh, SDOT are probably things that are looking more uh, into the future as well as we see the uh, increased density in the population uh, in Seattle, particularly in, in um, you know, southeast Seattle, and trying to have a transportation um, flow that not only works for now, but will work and be efficient for the future as well. Absolutely. You've, you've hit the nail on the head there, um, because you really want to try to stay, you know, it's, it's, you want to stay ahead of it, but it's, you know, it's a, you know, an exercise in in frustration because you can't um, always predict how traffic patterns are going to evolve. Um, but we do know, you know, there's some some pretty major light rail stations uh, uh, nearby the corridor and on the corridor. And we want to make sure that people have a, a good way to connect to those, you know, more regional transit options. Um, and then also getting, you know, to and from where they need to get, you know, from, from Rainier uh, on Rainier or from Rainier to other places along uh, of Seattle, but it's, um, you know, planning ahead and making sure, like I, I mentioned before, that you just have the options open because once you get, once you get a corridor that's congested, you can't, you know, generally, I mean, you can't add more lanes. And so the, the, the best option is to, to give people options. And that's where, um, you know, bus priority measures such as bus lanes comes in, you know, to give, you know, to give people options and to make it, you know, a, a viable option that's appealing to people you know, and make it make sure that it runs, you know, efficiently and smoothly and re- reliably because people want to know that they get on the bus, you know, at this time and they get to where they're going, you know, seven minutes later or something. And with the bus lanes, that can be, you know, uh, you know, you could get quite a time savings with this. You know, we're looking at you know, upwards of like five minutes time savings. And that's a lot of people. You know, it's the ridership of um, Route 7 is about 64,000 people weekly. And so that's a lot of riders, you know, in one week. And so serving serving that population and making sure that they get they get the the service that that they're intending and and can rely on it is a is a big is a big goal for us. Right. And um, you know, before we end the conversation, I think it's I know that um, a lot of decisions are being made. They're not, you know, I think some people, if they're out of the loop, think they might be made in a vacuum. But um, I know that. Uh, a lot of decisions are made with the input of community members and people who are living there. Sometimes that can be a small pool of people. Sometimes it can be a larger pool of people, just depending on who 
um, is choosing to participate and give their input into this process. With, with that being said, you know, how can members of the community, um, you know, continue to um, share their feelings uh, or how they feel the uh, bustling lands are impacting uh, the south end of Seattle? How can they be involved with this process and have, uh, you know, some say so in whether or not they think it's working, whether or not they think it's not working, yeah. um, or even, yeah. mod- you know, modifications that they think that could be made? Yeah, absolutely. We have been very, um, uh, very involved with getting um, input from folks in this corridor. It started actually in 2017, which uh, King County Metro was out in the neighborhood looking at um, input to make it a rapid ride corridor. Um, And then they went out again in 2019 to gather more information. So we we built on that uh, information that was gathered then and went out in 2022 with a survey and the community liaisons and um, and some some input that was received. We put the project on hold for a while because we heard a lot of safety concerns and we didn't want to we didn't want to rush forward. We wanted to to create a plan to how to address that. And right now, you know, it's always you know our our streets are a work in progress. You know, we're we're constantly tweaking, we're constantly updating, we're constantly you know, just, you know, analyzing and adjusting to the times. And, and folks can continue to provide feedback at uh, transitlanes at seattle.gov is an email that we have sent up um, that you can put in, you know, comments or concerns or questions. And um, it's being uh, monitored by, um, you know, our communications group at SDOT uh, with some information specifically about the corridor. So that's transitlanes at seattle.gov. All right. You know, I want to thank you for joining us on today's show and providing us with this uh, information as it relates to the bus only lanes in, in South Seattle. Um, you know, I, I know that, you know, transition and change is, is difficult for many people, uh, including uh, not only just the people who are utilizing the streets, but people like yourself who are having to, you know, have this message and go both ways, come in and go out. Um, so I just really appreciate you this morning giving this information to our community and wish you uh, the best in uh, not only this project, but all your other endeavors. Thank you so much for making time for this on your show. We really appreciate that.